0: Welcome to winning minds we're not negative we're positive we don't get bitter we get better we don't lose we win we understand that life is more than what happens to you it's about how you respond and that response starts in your mind and if you can change your mind change what how and the way you think you will change your life welcome to a positive mind a better mind a winning mind i am your host fred Levalley, and this is the winning minds podcast In this episode, I speak with Jelson Cunha. From age 16 until age 19, his life experience went from a young man in a happy home to a broken home to a crime statistic. But now he is happily married with children and becoming a powerful, positive influence in his community. A big part of Jelson learning to win in life was realizing the value of authority and discipline, love and affirmation, and deciding who he should trust to be a healthy role model for himself. One thing he said was, you only really change when you change your mind. Well, let's get to it. I hope you find this conversation helpful. Enjoy. I'm here with my man, Jelson Dacuna. Did I get the last name right? Is Dacuna or You Dacuna, yeah. Cunha. Yeah. yeah. Got to get it right. Uh, he and I met, it's been about a year ago, about right now. We yep. met out in Tucson, uh, connected out there, had dinner together <laughs> with a couple other guys and um it was the start of a friendship i got to travel up to toronto canada where he lives in one of the areas up there and uh, we've worked together talked a lot collaborated on a few things so i'm excited to have him here with me today with everyone we're going to talk about a few things particularly his story you know this is winning minds we're about winning in life but it all starts in our minds mentally how we process life how we view things not necessarily what happened to us, but how we have processed it and how we've responded to it. And so uh, Jelson, he's living in Toronto, Canada, and he is married and has a couple of kids. And so uh, I'll turn it over to him, let him talk a little bit, introduce himself, and then uh, we'll move forward from there. So Jelson, go ahead and talk to folks that know who you are.
1: Amen, my name is, uh, my name is Jelson. Thanks, Fred, for having me on today. Uh, my name is Jelson Cunha, As you said, I'm 28 years old. I'm pastoring in the Greater Toronto Area. So, the GTA is like a region, and it has many sub-regions in it. Uh, but I'm about about 45 minutes to an hour uh, east of the heart of Toronto, the downtown Toronto area. Uh, but we're all we're all in this GTA bubble. Um, and I got two kids, like you mentioned, beautiful wife. Uh, we're pioneering. We've we'll been on we've been on the field for about two years now. We're gonna hit our second year anniversary in August. It's been a blast. And I'm just here to tell my story. Um, you know, I am. Um, I was a statistic until Jesus brought me out of that. And it really happened with a change of mind. It really happened with, you know, getting my priorities straight mentally and applying the things that I was thinking and the things that I knew and so that's cool. kind so of a, an intro how did, that, yeah. how,
0: did it, how did it how did it start I know a little bit about your story you I know I've heard a little bit you were basically raised in a good home uh, both your parents are there um yeah. and just kind of talk about that and then at what point your life started to turn so take it from there yeah
1: Yeah, so I was a regular kid. Um, You know, I liked I liked candy. I liked uh, wrestling. I liked to play video games. Uh, I spent my days and nights at the park, playing tag, manhunt, basketball, soccer—you name it. And yeah, I had a two-parent home. Uh, Mom mom and dad were there. They didn't have the greatest of marriage, but you know they made it work um, for you know for their level of knowledge. Um, And um, you know, randomly around 2006. My dad picked up and said he's gonna go back home and start a business and send us funds to kind of you know help us financially, and that never ended up happening. And it's 2020, and I haven't seen him since. Um, you know, I was 16 years old, and at that age, when he left, I had I had told myself, you know, I'm never gonna smoke weed, I'm never going to you know end up in jail, I'm never gonna do any of these things. And literally, when he left. Um, you know, his presence, you know, his presence leaving the house, it kind of removed a healthy burden in my mind because I had this authoritative figure in my house. I had this figure that, okay, if I come home late at one o'clock, I have someone to answer to, you know what I'm saying? So there is there was a healthy fear in my mind because there was a man in the house, um, and so when he left, what ended up happening was all of that left. And so my mind was free to wonder. My mind was free to say, you know what? I can engage with the bad kids in the neighborhood. I can start having bad friendships. And it was that same year, um, although I had sworn multiple times in years before I would never smoke weed, it was that same year I started smoking and selling weed. Um, a few years after that, I, I, you know, I started getting into heavier drugs and, I started going to jail, in and out of jail. Um, I got a girl pregnant. All of this happened in three years. And all of it really, if, if you really want to talk about, you know, what's the foundation for, for the, the, the behavior and all these things, it was literally the fatherless home. It was literally that healthy fear leaving my mind. So
0: here's a question that happened when you were 16, yeah? which is also about the age that when people are who start to go one way or the other at 16 is about the time they do it. Right. How, what gives you the confidence to say that had your dad still been in the picture, you probably would not have taken that route.
1: Yeah. Very good question. The thing with me is I actually had a very good relationship with my dad. Um, It wasn't just because, you know, I'm African, African homes. There's a lot, you know, they're very strict with, with spankings and beatings. And so you know, I have a sister that's like six years older than me. And if she ever messed up heavily, she would still get spankings. And she was like 22 or something like that. And so <laughs> it, it wasn't. Yeah, I know to, to some people, especially here in North America, it's like, what? You're spanking a 22-year-old, a 24-year-old? That's crazy. But no, um, like African parents don't care about your age. If you're If you're living in their household and you do something crazy like, get yourself pregnant or get yourself in trouble with the law or anything like that you're gonna feel it and so um, but outside of that my dad and I had a good relationship Um, he was a wise man very good Um, he before we came to Canada he was actually a principal at a school and his major is mathematics and so he was she was a thinker and I remember just throughout my childhood just listening to him speak he had a whole lot of wisdom And I always appreciated that. Um, And I think that, I think him, if if he was around, he would have continued to impart wisdom into me, which would have helped me to not make those decisions that I made.
0: Now that you are married. Yeah. And you are a father. You have, you said, two children. Yeah. Is there anything in your life that you're realizing is there or was there that you have dealt with? that you say is connected to your dad leaving when you were 16? Or is there any things that you are making sure to put in place in your own life to avoid you repeating that and leaving your children in the same situation that you were in?
1: Right, yeah, so um, for the first, I I think, you know, I've I've been a Christian for 10 years now. Um, God has really helped me. Um, There's a song I was listening to from one of our brothers in, um, in, in one of our UK churches. And he was just saying that Jesus, Jesus is uh, making me holier in the song. uh, The Holy Spirit is making me holier. And so the Bible talks about how we grow from glory to glory. But, you know, the thing about Christianity is you only really change when you change your mind. Um, There's, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, you know, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so in these 10 years of me being a Christian, um, just reading the word the word of god the bible and things like that it really washes up my mind and so right now i can't really pinpoint something that i struggle with then but i'm pretty sure i did in my first year my second year my third year my fourth year in christianity mm-hmm. uh but in terms of my children yeah just being being around being a dad and and not just being at home and 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 kind of speaking to my my children here and there like my dad would impart wisdom to me a few times a month and things like that Um, but really being involved in their lives because what tends to happen is my dad would speak to me he would impart wisdom to me and I I, and I like that Um, but I still didn't have the confidence to tell him my deepest secrets at that age and so one thing that I really want is I want my children uh, I want to relate to my children I want to I want to have this atmosphere of openness because I think that's really healthy because they're going to deal with things at school. They're going to deal with things at the park and it'll be great. If my wife and I are the first people they they're, they're open to, to talk to those things about.
0: Yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. Myself. Yeah. As a father, the same thing, I look at my children and want them to be able to tell me the same things, things that are on their hearts. And yeah. things that are going on in their mind so yeah. what is something that you do even now to communicate that to your children to hopefully have them be able to come to you and tell you first before anybody else what are the things that you and your wife do practically to make that happen
1: yeah that's great um so you know the, the bible says that if you he who spares the rod hates his child so pretty much what what, what that means is that if you children are born naturally innately they have foolishness in them. And so we're told to beat that foolishness out as they grow. And one thing I learned, um, um, at a, at a marriage retreat is very often when you spank your children in a loving way, of course, you know, you're, you're, you're spanking them in the butt and things like that. They, they can, and I remember feeling like this, you can, there's a sense of rejection. There's a sense of, you know, I got hit, like children are not able to understand that they got spanked for their wrongdoing and their foolishness. They just feel rejected afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we, my wife and I, we always try to reinforce to our, to our kids, regardless if we're spanking them, regardless if we're, if we're just talking to them, that we love them and we care for them. Um, We really try to communicate that to them so that they get it time and time and time and time and time again. It's almost like we're trying to build, we're trying to break down this barrier Um, that can ever cause them to not trust us or to not open up to us because we understand that that barrier just builds up naturally for children because it happened to us naturally without our parents doing any wrong to us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so we, we really try to reinforce that. Well, you know, mommy and daddy are spanking you because, you know, you did something bad and the Bible tells us to do this. And we're also doing this because we love you and we don't want you to do it again. Um, but understand that you're still our child. I understand that we love you. So simple things like that. And obviously, you know, I don't want to seem like the perfect dad or whatever. It's not a speech that we say all the time or whatever. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you're just tired. Sometimes you're just hanging out in the living room. They do something stupid. You have to, you have to talk to them and you just leave it at that. But, but yeah. for, the, for the most part, we do try to reinforce, um, um, you know, that, that we love them and that we care for them. The reasons why. Yeah. Um, I think people underestimate how smart Uh their kids are yeah
0: you know it's interesting you say that now i'm thinking about it with your own story when you were 16 your dad left that authoritative disciplinarian father figure left and that was one of the reasons why you strayed there was no one to stop you but then now you're talking about yourself as a father you you and your wife you know parents and there's bringing in this aspect it's almost like you lost both you lost someone who would bring authority but also, I don't know how much your dad did or did not do it. But what you're saying is communicating that love and that appreciation. You and him had a good relationship and it's almost like you lost both the discipline and the affection and the love and the care of a father absolutely. that happened. It was like a double hit in one move.
1: Absolutely. Mm. No, you were absolutely, you were absolutely, you nailed it. You, you mm. de- definitely lost both. Yeah, that's,
0: that's powerful. So what would you say to somebody who doesn't have a a father figure in their life? How should they be able to handle it? Say it's a teenager 16 years old in your shoes, what should they do? What would be your advice to them?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to I'm going to give I'm going to an- answer this in two ways um because the way it worked for me and what what brought my success in life um might not work for you, okay? Um I'm going to I'm going to explain how it worked for me first. And that is I gave my life to Jesus Christ and meaning that I got saved and God placed me in a local church, a body, you know, a community of other believers and other Christians. And in there, there's a pastor, there's other male role models and, um, you know, male figures I can look up to. And so although my dad wasn't there, um, I had a pastor I can look up to. And some of the things I've seen is just simple things. This man is a hard worker. I seen his values. I seen his regular day-to-day life. Um, you know, he was a man of prayer. I seen how he how he treated his family, how he treated his wife. And so, although I lack seeing that that part of manliness from my father, I seen that in church. I seen that in Christianity. I seen that in my pastor. And so, it was great as a as a young man from the age of nineteen, as I'm growing in my twenties. I had this male role model that I can look up to. Um, and somewhat of a father figure, if you may. Um, But maybe you're listening to this and you're saying, you know, church is not for me. Jesus is not for me. Um, I would say try to look because what's going to happen is if you don't have that role model at home, you're going to find that role model outside your house. You might not think you are, but you are naturally. Everyone is being influenced by something or someone. And so if you want better for yourself, try to find someone that's successful try to find maybe an uncle, um, maybe a, a close family friend, say, hey, you know, my dad's not home, I really need someone that's successful that I can look up to and just spend time with them. And you know, you can begin to love them and look up to them. And that's really, it, it's going to do more than you think it is. Because outside of the, the neighborhood kids um, that I, when my dad left that I began to look after It was also, you know, the hip hop culture and urban culture, um, the music I was listening to. And so there's so much influence coming into us. We don't even know is affecting our lives. Um, And so we really have to make direct decisions um, for people that we're going to look up to that's going to help us in our future. So if you're not into church, um, find someone that you know, that you can trust, that is successful, that is better, that will take care of you.
0: That's powerful. That's, that's, that's excellent. It's fantastic. And it's exact. It's not necessarily what happens to you. Things happen. You went through something, but you realize and said, Hey, at some point I have to take responsibility for that. You've done that. And, and those words of advice you just gave all of us are incredibly powerful and practical finding good role models and making decisions to develop healthy habits. And just, you're going to be influenced by somebody, understand that and decide who's going to be the ones to influence you. it's your life to make and you're a great example something happened but you've decided to not let that repeat itself in your life and you see the fruit of it and hopefully continue seeing the benefits and the blessings of those good decisions so yes that'll wrap it up here man i appreciate your time this was fantastic Um, this was excellent and uh i wish you the best bro thank you for your time and and being so generous with us and being the first podcast here on winning minds Thanks for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it and found it useful. Please, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and post a comment. And then tell two people today about Winning Minds. I hope you'll join us on the next episode. But until then, keep your mind healthy and keep winning with the Winning Minds podcast.